Welcome to this episode of Raising Teens uh, podcast. And our guests today are Sarah Long and Jason Royce. Welcome uh, to you both. And we've got a really moving letter from a parent here today for us to discuss. They write, I can't believe it. My teenage daughter, 16 years old, and I've just found her cutting herself. Her legs are full of scars at the top. I just don't know where to start to help her. Now, you've worked with hundreds of young people, both of you I know. So, so Sarah, let's begin with you. Your heart goes out to that parent, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing to say is, uh, wow, that's, that's a nightmare for any parent, isn't it? No parent wants to see their child in pain. No parent wants um, their child to be suffering and struggling and actually walking in on that moment of vulnerability and that moment of deep, deep pain and stumbling across that. That's, that's incredibly painful. And I think it's really important to acknowledge for that parent that processing that moment is tough mm. and it's okay to feel out of control, upset. Um, but actually, um, it doesn't feel like it, but that parent and that daughter are in a, such a better place today than they were yesterday. Um, mm. That daughter is no longer alone in her pain. She's no longer doing this secretly. She's no longer doing this without any support. And that mum is no longer blind to her child's pain so while this feels like the worst possible thing has happened they've actually now taken a step forward towards a better place so even though it feels awful there's hope in the fact that now this is out in the open and they can actually start to work together in in what how they tackle this and how she supports her daughter the big question i think parents have and this parent will have is why why physically does Mm. a child harm themselves in this in this way well i think it starts in many different ways, but one of the things that um, researchers found uh, as they kind of investigated what's going on physically is that when we cut ourselves or when we get an injury, and perhaps if we graze a knee or, or we cut ourselves chopping a tomato or something like that, our body has incredible ways of helping us adapt to that situation. So we will get a rush of chemicals, a, a cocktail of chemicals, if you like, released into our bodies to make us feel better so they almost give us a natural higher rush of, of um, emotions adrenaline and, and many other chemicals um, that are released and it's possible to become addicted to those that cocktail of chemicals and so then at that point self-harm can can become a habit so it's it's not just a protest it's not a scream at the world it might be that but it's not that in, in its essence or necessarily it is physically a, a good feeling for a while yeah, it can have it can have that kind of effect, and of course, it's not it's not the only way that young people self harm. There's lots of different ways that, that young people can get that feeling. Or, um, I think it, it's about coping. Mm. Um, it's it's the best way that they can find to cope. And so, one of the things when, when we come on to talk about how do we help is helping them to find other ways to cope. We often focus on let's just stop you self harming, but actually, what we need to do is let's help you cope in different ways. Let's help you cope in ways that aren't dangerous, that aren't going to hurt you. We've talked quite a lot about the emotions of the parent, fear, guilt, perhaps even anger. What's this child feeling? What may, what may he or she be feeling at, at, at this time? I would imagine that uh, no one starts out wanting to cut themselves or wanting to hurt themselves in this way. That's not how anyone starts off thinking, I know how I'm going to cope. We get there out of desperation. We get there out of a feeling that there's no other way. They've exhausted all other possibilities. And so I, the reason why I guess we start with the parent is because as a parent, you're probably their best hope. 
knowing that you love them, knowing that you support them, that's, that's one of their best hopes. And so we, we want to start there. But actually, yeah, we do need to focus on, on the young person. And I, I would have thought um, probably verbalizing the fact that you must have felt so desperate. You must have felt like this was the only way that you could cope. And I'm so sorry that you, that you felt that. And I want, to, I want to work with you. I want to support you to try and find other ways of coping. Um, and the, the best advice that um, we've got from kind of working with young people who self-harm is don't focus on telling them to stop self-harming. Focus on understanding their emotions and focus on helping them to find other ways. But it's almost like, you know, if you tell someone don't think of a pink elephant, the thing they think of is a, is a pink elephant. And it's that, I know it's an old example, but <laughs> it's, so, it's so true in this instance. If we focus on don't self-harm, don't self-harm, it becomes the focus of, of what they're thinking of. But actually, we need to make them feel understood. We need to show them that there are other options. And we've seen through our work, young people form new habits and break free of ones that have held them back like, like this mm. because they have been understood, they felt loved and, and accepted, and they've been allowed to change in their own way because it, it's ev there's every possibility she doesn't want this as a long-term thing. And one of the things that parents often find this difficult, but for young people who they can, the only way they can feel to cope is to cut themselves. Some people would, would be shocked at this, but we have to do things like, in the first instance, make sure that they understand about using a clean razor, or if they are gonna cut themselves, to do it in the safest possible way. Now, of course, that's not what we want them to do in the long run, but we don't want them to be so desperate to be able to cut themselves, and we've taken away all of their usual ways of doing that, that they actually have to, they resort to something which actually could give them a far greater number of problems. So we have to kind of engage with that kind of stuff as well. And that's where um, websites that will come up at the end of this um, podcast it's, it's can so help. Hard. It's so hard, isn't it? I mean, just as a parent, my kids are growing up, but just as a parent listening to you, now I know that both of you work with thousands of young people. You mm. understand it, you work alongside them, you work with kids who self-harm. But even here you say that a parent ought to think about getting them a clean knife or a clean razor. I just think, it's, it's, it's like asking me to cut my baby. I just, it, it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's um, what we want to do in circumstances where we find something stressful is fix the circumstances so it no longer feels stressful. Um, and the easiest way to do that is to stop them from self-harming. We just say, we're going to take it all away. You're going to stop doing that. Then I'm no longer experiencing engaging with the fact that you're cutting yourself and, and that's really scary and really stressful. But actually, the longer term solution is to bear with the reality of now um, and, and recognise that it's horrible and you don't want to be in it, but work towards the longer term solution. And that means helping them develop the coping mechanisms that, that will save them, that will take them through life. And that's going to be a slower, painful process. That means you're going to have to live with the reality of the mess right now for a little bit longer. Mm. But ultimately, in the long term, they're going to be more well. Um, and actually, that's ultimately what they want. It's, it, they're trying to find a way to cope. And if there's better ways of coping than self-harm, I think there's most young people would want the best possible ways I mean, of do coping. you think it's possible, I think you hinted at it, that this child wanted to be discovered? Um, it's always possible. I wouldn't want to assume you, you no. don't know what's no. happened here. And I think um, whether they wanted to or not, the reality is that this moment right now is incredibly vulnerable for that yeah. young person. Actually, they have had someone enter into a space which is the most vulnerable, raw, emotional place. Okay. Um, and actually for the parent now, there's a really important job to be done of helping that young person feel safe again. Now yeah, that well, they're let's known. talk about getting underneath it all, what's gone on or maybe going on in this child's life. But 
this is an incredible moment in this child-parent relationship, isn't it? Mm. A sudden discovery, a child who feels perhaps shame at being discovered, a parent who feels guilty, perhaps angry, and, and the early moments, and we all get it wrong, and you can pick it up if you get it wrong, but nevertheless, if one can deal with it well in those early hours even, minutes of response perhaps, and you know, but this sense of love and we're in mm. it together, and, and almost through your crying and your yelling somewhere else or to somebody else, but, mm. but those, those uh, uh, moments. Let me ask you this then. If this is simply a matter of a parent and child dealing with this together, that would be one thing, that would be hard enough. But is it possible that there is a peer pressure, it might be via the internet or some other way, that is actually encouraging this child to, to self-harm? Is that, is that a possibility? It's always a possibility. Um, and I think that is part of the journeying together process. And I think it's okay for a parent at the start of this, even if their first reaction hasn't been that helpful, to, to go back and say, I just want to say I'm really sorry I don't think I responded well yeah. but I, I don't understand this and I suspect probably you don't really either but let's let's journey together and as part of journeying together and understanding what's going on for that young person you might discover that they're engaging in um, some internet forums where this is being encouraged yeah. or that it's a problem amongst their friendship group um, but that's just another part on the journey of helping them process the the context they're in, the emotions they're struggling with, and help them develop better coping mechanisms. Do you know, Sarah, I think that that phrase used a moment ago is very powerful. I don't understand this, and you don't understand it. And we're on this journey together. Mm. And, and you spoke earlier of the power of, of knowing that your mum and dad are with you, and, and, and love, and care, and security. Yeah. And, um, and the sense that we, we can come through this uh, uh, together. Yeah. We can cry together, we can get through it together. That, that's a very powerful emotion, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I'm not minimizing this for one second, but it's not impossible that journeying through this together, and listen, this is not gonna be fixed overnight, is it? No. This is not going to just go away overnight. But doing this together will form and may form a very, very deep relationship between these kids. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and their parents. Yeah. And I would say, you know, accessing some of the websites and selfharm.co.uk is a really good one for parents to look at. And um, on there, they'll see the stories of people who've journeyed through this for, for years and those who've come out the other side, mm. those who are still struggling. Mm. And I think for parents to feel, I'm not alone in this. Mm. Other parents are dealing with mm. this. For the young person herself to see, there's hope I can come through yeah. this. I yeah. can develop other ways of coping. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. I mean, later on, uh, we'll, we'll give those watching the chance to, to access websites and we'll, 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 we'll put some of those up uh, on the screen. But Sarah, as we bring the discussion to a close, just tell us some of the things that might be going on. They're not necessarily are going on in this, in this person's life, but might be going on that might lead to this kind of, kind of action. I mean, it, it really could be anything. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to put too much speculation in, in okay. parents' minds, but um, friendship struggles, bullying, anxiety, um, exam pressure and, and school pressure, um, cyberbullying, um, it can be in a range of any, any number of things. Mm. Um, I think sometimes we forget quite how tough being a young person can be. And as we look back on it, some of the things that young people tell us are really stressing them out. We think, you really haven't got a clue. That's nothing compared to some of the things I'm dealing with, the mortgage, the bills I can't pay. But actually, it's the hardest thing they've ever had to face. So for them, 
that is the hardest thing they've ever experienced in the world. And so we need to understand they're doing the best they can in the circumstance they're in. But they might just need a little bit of our support. And they need our support not saying, that's not very difficult, no. you can cope with that. But actually saying, do you know what, that is so hard for you. This must be really difficult. Let me help you figure out how to cope with it. Um, and I think that's the most powerful thing a parent can do. And you know, the truth is, even when we're adults, for us now, whatever's going on in our life at that moment is a big deal, isn't it? Yeah. And we've learned different ways of, of, of coping with that. I spoke to a little six-year-old boy, and I promise you these were exact words the other day. He looked at me and said, you know what? Sometimes life's not fair, but you just have to get on with it. <laughs> what was going through his little mind and, 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 and all, that, all that kind of stuff? Well, we really are coming to the end, but I have found over the years that this thing of guilt, and I want to come back to it, haunts parents. This is true, isn't it? That fantastic parents, wonderful parents, go through this with their kids. Yeah. This, this sometimes happens, and, but great parents rise to this challenge and, and say, we will get through this together, because what matters more than anything else is I love you, you love me, mm. we're in it for the for the long haul. Yeah. Well, thanks so much uh, uh, for being uh, uh, with us. And thank you for being uh, uh, with us. If there's another topic you'd uh, like to, uh, to discuss in the future, drop us a line, send us an email. If we pick your topic, we'll send you as a big thank you a copy of my book, uh, Teenagers, What Every Parent Has to Know. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for being with us. And we hope to see you again next time. You have been listening to the Raising Teens podcast. For further information about our courses, resources and events, visit us at careforthefamily.org.uk.